Welcome back to the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. Hey, it's Monday, and it is the release of our brand new episode series called Monday Mayhem, where we take the weekend's events and overreact to them and get you ready for the week ahead in sports. So thanks for tuning in. We're trying something new with our audio setup. Uh, we'll see if it works. If not, we'll just go back to what we've been doing. But uh, as usual, I'm Grant. Sam's across the table from me. Sam, how was your weekend? The first weekend of the NFL, college football week two technically, but some teams got underway this weekend. Overall, your your, your thoughts from, from this great weekend we had? Uh, pretty good. Watch some football. Got, hopefully get some fancy football dubs tonight. That's what I'm most excited about. I don't know if you saw the email that our president got sent out. It's looking good on Ball State and starting to reduce the number of cases. So, hey, who knows? We may be back in WCRD before we know it. Yeah, hopefully we can get back and maybe into an actual recording studio. But until then, we'll make do with what we have. But, yeah, like you mentioned, um, you know, a lot of our listeners are not from Ball State, but we got a very encouraging email today from our university president uh, saying that we've reduced the number of cases. There's a lot more students recovering than getting it. Uh, right now, so uh, that is some very, very, very encouraging news uh, that we may hopefully get to stay on campus for the remainder of the fall semester. We'll see it a little dicey there a couple weeks ago, but we got through it, and uh, we're, we're here recording still. So, Sam, uh, obviously it was a big weekend in the NFL. We're going to get off to this right off the bat. What did you like? What did you not like from the weekend? Uh, your biggest uh, takeaways from, from this weekend in the NFL? Oh, my, my, I'll start out with my likes. I liked Aaron Rodgers proving why the Packers shouldn't have drafted his replacement. If you didn't see, Aaron Rodgers threw for four touchdowns over 300 yards. He was just an absolute beast. We've seen him struggle against Mike Zimmer's defense in the past. He, it, he didn't have any problems this way throwing to Devontae Adams for over 100 yards. It was an unbelievable effort. Now, what I didn't like is the Lions blowing another lead. I believe they had, they had like 10 games last season decided by one possession. You know how that went for them last season. I thought it, it was looking good for the Lions through three quarters, and then they just crumbled to the end. They let Mitchell Trubisky go perfect in the fourth quarter, throw a couple touchdowns. Matthew Stafford had a uh, late interception. DeAndre Swift uh, dropped a potentially game-winning touchdown, but they, they, blew, another, they blew another game. They did. Um, I'll tell you what I like, what I didn't like. Obviously, um, I, I like the, the competition level that we saw this weekend. No preseason. Usually there's four preseason games, but this season, due to COVID-19, due to the setbacks that these teams had to deal with, no preseason. But the competition level, I thought, from you know was 95% there. I think there was a couple of teams that could have used a preseason, i.e. the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, but overall, I thought the competition was at a very, very high level. Now, for what I didn't like, I'm going to go to something here. If you follow us on Twitter, we're Straight Up Sports Talk on Twitter. I posted a video uh, of an ejection that happened between a player and an official. And, and let me pull up the, the video just so I can reference it um, here really quick. But I did not like this from the weekend, Sam. I'm sure you saw it on mm -hmm. Twitter. Um, it was uh, Collins Jr. from from Alliance. He, he put his head down next to the official. It looked like he was looking down at his pants or something and, and accidentally bumped into the official's chest and the official threw him out. Sam, I want to get your reactions from this. Why? I, I don't understand why he was ejected there. The ref like clearly leaned into him with his shoulder. This was, 
I just don't. I didn't like that. That was my that was my not like from the weekend. So I get what you're saying. He did lean in a little bit, but uh, whether or not you saw the play, Jamie Collins was trying to show the official like what the other person did to him, lowering the helmet, which if you don't know is a 15 yard penalty. So he was uh, kind of reenacting that to the official. Yes, the official did kind of lean in, but at the same time, you know, like. The re- like, no matter if he didn't touch the ref, he wasn't going to get the call anyway. Like, I understand you're upset, you're Jamie Collins, whatever, you feel like you were done wrong. But at the same time, like, it's just move on to the next play. Uh, like, if if he didn't try to do that, he wouldn't have been ejected. He would have still been in the game. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting call. Uh, I did not know he was trying to explain to the ref. The ref, you gotta be more, you got to be more willing to, 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 to listen to him there. But uh, another like that I had for the weekend that – that I kind of thought of while while doing my not like was the amount of flags. We didn't see very many. I thought, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, late in that Sunday night game, it got there was a lot of flags being thrown. But overall, when you look at the games that I watched, uh, I watched the Colts game, the Saints game, um, and then was watching Red Zone all day. Um, overall, I didn't think mm-hmm. we had that many flags compared to last year mm-hmm. when we were seeing flags left and right. So. Kudos to the officials on that. It's not something we're saying every podcast is kudos to the officials. But overall, I didn't think there was that many flags, and that was something that that I appreciated. It allowed the game to flow a little bit better. I will say one flag I didn't like, I don't know whether you watched the end of that Cowboys game, was that pass interference called on uh, Michael Gallup. Yes, there was a little bit of a push-off, I'll give you that, but the uh, offender, what was his um Jalen Ramsey, right? Yep. He was on. He was still fighting. He was grabbing him. So I feel like it could have gone either way. I felt like they should just let the play go. But the refs decided to call it a little bit of pass interference, which ended up turning to the that costing the Cowboys a potential it, win. Well, give Jalen Ramsey an Oscar for for selling that the way he did, and and that, I mean that's what you know drawing it and a flag is all about. You got to sell it to the ref because if it looks like you didn't at all, they're not even going to think about throwing it. Uh, now, did he have a little bit of an extension with his arm? Yes, to the extent where it should have been a penalty, no. Uh, but the refs see that extension of the arm, the way Jalen Ramsey sold it, uh, I thought was fantastic. So hats off to him uh, for being able to draw that flag and essentially end the game. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't like that call. Uh, going back and look on it, it was the wrong call. But, nevertheless, uh, we got through the weekend. Uh, a great game Sunday night football I thought was a great game the Cowboys are just going to be the Cowboys I think this year we're not going to see too many flares from them and maybe that's what you get with Mike McCarthy is not a lot of um, not a lot of hat tricks and not a lot of just you know I I don't want to call it fun football Mm -hmm. but essentially you don't get a lot of fun football where uh, maybe you're running trick plays or taking a lot of deep shots so maybe that's what you get with Mike McCarthy and you might end up with another you know eight and eight seven to nine type of season but we'll see uh there with the cowboys uh the colts we'll get to some colts conversation obviously a majority of our listeners in the colts area but sam uh, the colts they fell straight on their face i mean literally fell straight on their face uh in that game against jacksonville a team that is supposed to be tanking yep. they're not supposed to be winning games mm-hmm. the jaguars we're not supposed to be sitting here saying that the jaguars are undefeated so sam the Colts have struggled against Jacksonville since yep. 2014. I mean, they haven't won a game in there since 2014. Mm-hmm. Sam, is there any excuse for this loss? I mean, is there anything that you can say, well, with this, 
I don't think there is. I'll, I'll hear your opinion. No excuses. Like, I, I heard all the excuses. There was no preseason games. There's not a lot of practice. There's no excuses. The, the Jaguars trade away all their pieces from Ngakwe to uh, uh, what uh, our release Leonard Fournette. Like, they did what they should to put themselves in a position of tanking and let, letting Gardner Minshew have one incompletion on the day. Three touchdowns, 173 yards. And I'm not going to put it solely on Phillip Rivers. He did have two picks. But at the end of the day, you're letting Phil- Garner Minshew throw almost a perfect passer rating, let the Jaguars score 27 points, who besides DJ Chark as their number one option, have Keelan Cole and Chenault, who's a rookie. You're, you're telling me that's acceptable? You're letting a, a James Robinson, who I believe is a rookie or close to a rookie this year. He's... Yeah, I believe he's a rookie. I go for 60 yards on 16 carries. Like, it's just unacceptable. We traded a first-round pick for a guy who had six tackles and one tackle for loss. De- DeForest Buckner. You're telling me that was, that's worth a first-round pick? Like, it's, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, they, they, we all, all aspects of the Colts struggled on Sunday. In particular, the defense had a terrible game. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned, DeForest Buckner. I don't hardly ever hear his name being called on the broadcast. I mean, I I heard Justin Houston a few times. He got a sack, but still, I mean, come on. I mean, you got to get through there. Maybe it was the first game, you know, jitters or whatever. But the Colts, obviously, I think is one of those teams that could have used the preseason to get some things in line. Um, And then Phillip Rivers, I mean, you get what you pay pay for, I guess. Uh, You get a little bit less. For what you paid for I, with him, I guess I don't know uh, exactly what to make of Philip Rivers as a Colt yet. You gotta give him five games at least um, to, to truly judge him on his abilities with this team. But overall, a bad performance uh, from Rivers, who he didn't have a terrible game, but not one we expected against the Jaguars nonetheless. But yeah, that Jacksonville defense you mentioned mainly made up of rookies and second-year guys. Uh, that shouldn't have been making plays the way that they were yesterday. But the Jags came out on top. It could be the only game they win this, this season, Sam. Maybe. They could it, win two games, one, one uh, two against the Colts. Yeah, maybe. That, that, those could be their only wins. But it, it was sad to see. But the Colts now, I mean, no rest for the wicked. Vikings at home on Sunday. Yeah, and, and when you look at I I like – the amount of hype I heard from jo- about Jonathan Taylor going into the season, we, we saw Marlon Mack go down. And what does he do the rest of the game? Nine carries, 22 yards. Like, I'm disappointed. I'm also disappointed in the fact that we we put Phillip Rivers in a position to put 46 to attempt the ball 46 times as much as almost as much as Matt Ryan did when he's aging. He doesn't have strong of an arm as he did. Like, the whole just game plan was off, in my opinion, when you're trying to lessen the burn on Phillip Rivers. And then our leading carries was Neam Hines, who had seven carries for 28 yards. It's just unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, I, I see Marlon Mack. He's out indefinitely torn Achilles, which is just mm-hmm. you know, yeah, terrible. terrible. Um, for, detrimental to this offense. Uh, so you're going to have Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor taking on a running back by committee approach, which was the approach coming in with Marlon Mack. You're just going to have three backs to do it with, which is a deadly attack. I thought Jonathan Taylor had an okay game. Uh, not the best, you know, first game that you can have in the league, but he had an okay game. You know, you, an opportunity to redeem yourself next week and the weeks after. But uh, I thought he had an okay game. Uh, kind of moving on here, taking another look around the league here. Uh, Brady losing his first first game in the Bucks uniform. 
there are some questions about that Buccaneers defense that I think need to be addressed. I think the Saints kind of picked it apart. Maybe it was just Drew Brees' intelligence, but uh, I thought that the Buccaneers defense looked a little sluggish out there. I mean, it is Drew Brees at the end of the day, and when, like, with Sean Payton's offense with Taysom Hill, you know that revolving in and out door. And the Buccaneers, to their credit, like almost held Drew Brees to only 50% completion percentage, 18 of 30 for 160 yards. They just couldn't get it done when they needed to. And I understand your worries about letting the Saints put up 34 points, but it's it's the Saints. It's uh, They're going to put up points against anybody, so I'm going to wait till they play teams like the Broncos, Chargers, Bears, teams who don't have as well of an offense. Then I'll make my ju- judgment on the defense because it is Drew Brees and Sean Payton at the end of the day. Uh, the Bucks next week at home. Um, I don't know exactly who they they play. Uh, the Panthers at next. Home the, the Panthers. So it should be an easy win for for uh, Tom Brady and company next week in a division game. Um, but uh, speaking of another team, the Panthers that fell to the Raiders. That was a big win uh, for me. Uh, I had them with one of my locks. The Raiders cover their uh, they cover the three point spread, thirty four to thirty. And a cross-country road trip. John Gruden with this team, Sam. Are we seeing a turnaround there in Las Vegas? I called it on Friday. I said, I think John Gruden's team's been flying under the radar. I think they got a big chance to win, and I think they got a really good chance to do good this season. If I had to pick a sleeper team, I think it would be the Raiders. Uh, I was more, you know, I wasn't necessarily leaning on, on the Raiders to begin the season, but after watching them play this weekend, I would go with the Raiders as kind of a sleeper team this year. It's not going to be the Bears, uh, and it's definitely not going to be the Cardinals. So I'm going to go with the Raiders as my sleeper team. Sam, if you had to pick a sleeper team after this week one, who would it be? Uh, who would it, are you going with to maybe you know win their division or, or at least make the playoffs? Uh, I'm going to go with a team we haven't seen yet, and this is before they even play tonight. I'm going with the Broncos. I'm a big believer in the Broncos have done, and I know Cortland Sutton just got hurt, which is definitely going to hurt their offense, but they've got so many weapons across the board, not only on offense, but their their defense as well is still as good as ever, despite losing uh, Von Miller, which is going to take a hit. But I think, I think the Broncos are a team to look out for, considering across the board that people aren't talking about them, and they just added Melvin Gordon in the offseason. Yeah, there's a lot of hype surrounding around the Broncos from what I've heard. A couple of analysts have been hyping up the Broncos. They play in the the nightcap of the Monday night football game tonight. Titans, Broncos at like 10 o'clock tonight. So, yeah, I agree with you there with the Broncos. I think they're going to be a good team. I just think the Raiders, man, I just like the whole John Gruden aspect to it. I think they got a really good chance to to be good this season. Um, You know, obviously today's a day for hot takes, but – the 49ers, are they in a Super Bowl slump? I mean, it's kind of known for the team that is the runner-up in the Super Bowl to kind of fall off the next season. Mm-hmm. Cardinals go up uh, and, and take down the uh, NFL runner-ups from last year. They take them down in their home stadium. Cardinals, I think, I think Kyler Murray, Sam, so much better. Than last season. I mean, he yeah. is leaps and bounds ahead of where he was last year, in my opinion. Yeah. I agree, and I think I think the one issue with the 49ers is they don't have an aggressive offense. When you when you consistently run the ball with Raheem Mostert, which we've seen, the 49ers had a lead 
for about three to uh, almost four quarters where they were pulling out the dub. But they just couldn't manage the lead. They just kept on running. They just kept on doing their same offense. And the Cardinals, with D-Hop and the explosive Kyler Murray, took advantage of that. Because when you're not trying to win the game and you're just trying to not lose by not letting Jimmy Garoppolo show his talents by doing dink and dunks and whatnot, it just doesn't work out. And I think we're going to see the 49ers, unless they change their offense, kind of slump down a little bit. Yeah, they, they got to definitely pick it up, like you mentioned, on the offensive front. Not aggressive. I mean, that was a low-scoring game until the end. Uh, the Cardinals come away with a win there, 24-20. to 20. But Kyler Murray yesterday, 26-40 to 40 for 230 yards, a touchdown interception. But well, the most impressive thing was 91 yards rushing and a touchdown uh, on, with his feet. So I think Kyler Murray is going to do some great things in Arizona. He's got that new weapon in DeAndre Hopkins. I think they're going to utilize him very well. The Cardinals could be another sleeper team that we're seeing emerge this season, Sam. Yeah, I agree with you. DeAndre Hopkins, 14 catches, 151. I saw a stat like the Texans wide receivers had a combined thing for 13, and D-Hop on his own had 14. It's an explosive offense. You not only got him, you got Fitz, who's always there. You got Kenyon Drake, who's a solid option. And then you got a third option in Kyle Murray, who's either going to throw it, run it, or hand it off to Kenyon Drake. That offense is scary, for sure. Remind you of the Ravens? No? I mean, kind of in terms of the style where you have that quarterback with the running ability, you have the wide receivers with the catching ability and the running back. I mean, the Ravens and J.K. Dobbins is pretty deadly. So uh, two similar type teams? Two two similar type things, except I think the what the Ravens is lacking, no offense to Willie Sneed and whatnot, they, they don't have an elite receiver like D-Hop to depend on. Like, you've got Marquise Brown, you've got Willie Sneed, but they're nowhere near the level that Larry Fitz and D-Hop are. So you're saying the Cardinals are better than the Ravens right now? On paper, I I, I wouldn't say better. I'm saying the wide receivers are better. I think the Ravens are an overall better team. I just think the weapons that the Cardinals have are better than – Yeah. That's a good point, too, because the Ravens, I think, haven't beat on the defensive front. Yeah. I think the Cardinals might – that's where they might struggle with defense. But, uh, I mean, to to take an offense in there and put 24 points up against the league's best defense last year and then – 49ers is definitely impressive. Sam, if you had to pick one game where you surprised by the score, mm. uh, or not maybe not the score, but the outcome, what game would that be besides the Colts and the Jaguars? Yeah. So we'll throw that up there. That's the obvious pick. But uh, it, it score or, or win or loss by a team that you were most surprised by? I'm going to go with Washington Eagles. Washington got the dub 27-17 against the Eagles. And it's just like, I don't... I like personally for me, I just don't have faith in Carson Wentz ever since that knee injury that he suffered two years ago during that MVP run, which was spectacular. He just hasn't looked the same. The the uh, Eagles haven't looked the same. And I don't know whether you saw reports where uh, Ron Rivera was getting an IV at halftime and Dwayne Haskins gave this just beautiful halftime speech and they rallied and got the win. But the Eagles to me are just kind of worrying. You have Miles Sanders who's down. You don't really have a much offensive threat with Alshon Jeffrey being hurt. Like the Eagles to me are just gonna um, underwhelm personally for me in the NFC. Well, it was like the perfect story, Ron Rivera got cancer, mm-hmm. has to get an idea at halftime so we can continue coaching, and they win the game. That's like uh, that's like a sports center 30 for 30 if I've ever seen one. But, yeah, like you mentioned, Washington, the Washington football team, they might not have a team mascot, but they know how to win. Uh, they get it done by 10 points there. The most surprising score to me was the Ravens 38, the Browns 6. I expected the Ravens to win. I did not expect the Browns to come out so flat. Um, Baker... He needs to stop with his commercials. 
I think it's what uh, progressive or, or I, I, don't I don't even remember. know. I don't even know. But Hulu, wait, it's Hulu, in the right? Stadium at home with. Is, is no, it, he no. does. He does, I know he does at least one. He does Hulu. Hulu um, he, but it's the one where he's in the Brown Stadium, and I don't know what company it is um, that he's actually sponsoring. Um, but it's he just needs to stop. And mm-hmm. it, the the things that's going to come out is, um, you know, Baker should have spent more time. It's progressive, yeah. I was right. It's progressive. So uh, he needs to spend less. The, the thing this is what's going to come out on Twitter. If Baker would quit spending all his time making progressive commercials, uh, maybe his team would be a little better. That's going to come out. But the the new Baker Mayfield commercial is just not good. He's on the football field and it like starts to rain and he's like, oh, quick, we gotta cover up the furniture and he starts going one by one, covering up every single seat in the stadium and he's trying to get his like little ground crew keeper to help him cover up the seats. Let's just stop. They were funny at first, you know, with the with his girlfriend doing the blender and mowing the grass. Okay, that was kind of funny, but. I've had enough because I saw about 20 times this week and I'm just done with it. Okay, I, I, I don't have that much of a like uh, decided opinion on commercials, but hey, I'm just I'm just not I'm just not liking what the Browns are doing when you're supposed to have so many weapons on offense from uh, Injoku who just got hurt, Hooper on offense to Odell and Jarvis. Like, what are we doing? How many how many chances do we get? Baker Mayfield before we kind of pull the plug because let's be honest six points when you got all that on offense Nick Chubb Kareem Hunt you're telling me that a semi-decent quarterback can't at least put up double digit points on I know the Ravens defense is excellent but they can't put double digit points they can't lose by less than 32 yeah it's, it's that, just ridiculous I, that's exactly my point you know if you're gonna be a the team you say you're gonna be and you're going to at least contend for the playoffs, not even make the playoffs, but contend, you're going to have to you're gonna have to put up 15, 20 points against the Ravens. Because right now you're getting beat by the Bengals from what I saw from Cincinnati on Sunday. Cincinnati didn't have their best game. Randy Bullock had to fake an injury as he, when he missed the kick. Mm-hmm. Great acting by Randy Bullock, by the way, to fake that injury. Great job. Um, it was a fake, Sam. It, but it can happen. It, it, he... Probably was hurting, but he probably sold it a little bit more than he actually was. Just like Jalen Ramsey and that. But, but for as good as I like Randy Bullock's not in like in a, like a goat kicker by any means, but I think he's a good enough kicker not to miss by that much when it's such a chip shot. Like if it was like a like a forty yarder, okay, I could see him kind of missing that. But it was like a thirty-some yarder. I think. I think as good of a like acting job it seemed to be. I think he was actually hurt. Like that. That's just my take from what I watched. I. Th- I think he actually hurt himself. He probably did, but he's like, okay, if I can, you know, affect this a little bit harder than what it actually is, and put him in reserve, get paid, and then you know, just make a slow exit. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was, but you can't make a chip shot there. I mean, come on. It was going to be the perfect story. Joe Burrow, in overtime, leads the Bengals down and wins. But who knows if that even happens? We, we can't we can't say. I know, but it's the what-if factor. Yeah. It's the what-if factor. We love to live off the what-if factor. Um, and, and, you know, honestly, I thought the Bengals, um, I thought the Bengals uh, played really well. 
uh, you know, the circumstances. Obviously, they, they sucked last season um, to get Joe Burrow. I thought Joe Burrow had an amazing game in his first, first time out. I wouldn't say amazing. I would say solid. We saw that, like, 20 to 30-yard rushing touchdown. But there were a lot of three and outs that he did, a lot of punts that the Bengals did. Like, credit to the Chargers defense. They did an excellent job. Credit to the Bengals defense. Like, containing all those weapons on the Chargers offense, like, shout-out to you. Even though it was Tyrod Taylor, the Bengals did a heck of a job limiting the Chargers to only 16 points, put Joe Burrow in a position to win, and as you mentioned, the missed field goal did happen, of course. But I thought the Bengals did have a solid job for Joe Burrow's first ever game. All right, Sam, before we get out of here on Monday Mayhem, anything else you want to react, overreact to from the weekend in the NFL that we saw? Uh, I'm going to put it out there. Like I said this past week, I'm going to say Russ for MVP. I'm, I'm riding that train. I said it last podcast. I'm going to say it again. I, from what I saw, the Seahawks do, even, even if it was against the Falcons' defense, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Russell Wilson. He didn't hand the ball off a lot, so I think they're going to put it in his hands a lot, and I think it's going to give him his first ever MVP. I could agree with MVP. Super Bowl, Saints. 1-0, baby. I'm a Saints fan this year. I think they Against the Raiders, your sleeper team. Yeah, I'm bandwagging the Saints this year. But they're playing against your sleeper team. I know, the Raiders, I know. It's got to be tough. But uh, Saints, it's getting my hierarchy this year. Colts, Saints, Raiders. That's my hierarchy of team group four. And then below them, maybe like they. Well, the audio people can't see your as you do. Okay, well, they, they you know, first, second, third. Okay. 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 They, yeah, yeah, we're not a video podcast, but I do like to talk with my hands here. Yeah. So Sam gets, Sam gets all the visuals of the podcast. So I think if we, if we start, started recording the video on this podcast, it might make it interesting. Don't worry, that's not going to happen yeah. because that's too much work. And yeah. we, we don't. We don't overachieve here, Sam. Yeah, we, no. we, don't, we don't like to. We, we to got go homework. Yeah, yeah. 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 We, we have things to do than to go you know, to, to overachieve here in the podcast. All right, Sam. Can I take final remarks before we get out of here? Uh, nope. Shout out to Zeke for potentially giving me my win tonight. Hopefully, I can manage that 20 point lead against Saquon Barkley. Also, I have no offense, so fingers crossed on that. But yeah, that's about it. All right, hopefully you need your fantasy win. I have some comebacking to do in fantasy tonight as well. But hopefully your fantasy teams went well this weekend. Hopefully if you made any sportsbook bets, those went well this weekend. Um, and hopefully you, you enjoyed your first NFL weekend. Even if your team lost, you're still hopeful because Sam, the Colts lost, and you're wearing the 1-0 Colts T-shirt. To kind of troll, yeah. Years ago. So he's, he's wearing that. I, I just shook my head when I saw him. But. Uh, yeah, that's what Sam's wearing today. It's his 1-0 Colts t-shirt. Colts 0-1, obviously. They'll try to go 1-0 next week, Sam. So, all right, you mean 1-1? <laughs> yeah, one, well, they'll try to go 1-0 on the week. Oh, gotcha. Anyways, Colts try to avoid 0-2 start. We'll talk about that on Friday. Uh, we'll get you ready for the weekend again on Friday with weekend prep. Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of Monday Mayhem. My name is Grant Covey for Sam Thelman. Hope you have a great day. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned uh, for Friday for weekend prep. Until then, we'll see you next time.